promises, and we've just let it blossom from there. And so, as you'll recall, we talked about that first week, about how sometimes we have to wait on the promise of God, and we have to wait on His inheritance and the things that He has for us. The next week, we talked about how we need to seize, that just as there are moments we wait, and uh, we patiently uh, wait for the timing of God to come to pass in order that the things He has for us, all the good things He has for us, comes into our life, we wait. There are also those moments where God says, now, and you've got to seize it, you've got to possess it. And, and so you have to be mature and you have to be discerning to know the moments to wait and the moments to seize. And then uh, finally, last week, we talked about paradox in the kingdom and paradox with your promise, that God brings about promises in sort of unusual ways. Jesus said, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Isn't that amazing? So so sometimes if we try to scramble to the head of the line, we'll find out that the Lord will put us at the back of the line. And then there are times we just say, well, Lord, I'll just wait my turn at the back of the line, and he'll bring us straight up to the front of the line. The Bible says that if you'll humble yourself, he'll exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, he'll humble you. I mean, there's all sorts of paradoxes in the Scripture. And when you begin to understand that the kingdom does not work on worldly principles and systems, you begin to understand why at times in your life things don't seem to be fitting like everyone else in the world fits, but yet that does not mean that God is not bringing you to the place where you will receive that inheritance and that promise or that blessing and He will work in your life. you just got to get an unveiled picture of what a paradox is. He takes a guy like Joseph from out of the prison and he makes him number two in all of Egypt. Only God can do that. So he does that in all of our lives as well. And today's message, I think, is very relevant and it has sort of a prophetic side to it because here lately at Legacy, we've been having, as I mentioned during our announcements, we've been having a baby boom. Don't drink the water, ladies. I don't know what's going on. We're having this baby boom. And, uh, yeah, some of the ladies are going, that ain't funny, Pastor. I don't even want to hear you. Don't you even go there. But it's interesting because through the years, I've just watched how God works in the earth, how he works in churches, people's lives. And whenever birth, whenever birth is a feature of your life in, in your own personal household, or whenever you have a baby boom of sorts in a church, what, what I've come to learn through the years is many, if not all those times, it is a sign gift from the Lord. That whenever you have birth, it is a sign, a natural sign or a, a natural concomitant of, of God saying, I'm bringing forth something new in your midst. I'm bringing forth a new season, a new era. How many of you know that have children? When you have children come into your home, it's a new season. I mean, there's, there's wonderful, joyful moments and then there's some work. As well. But it indicates that something new is springing forth or it's blossoming forth. And so, whenever a church has their baby booms, no matter how big or small it may be, it really is a sign gift from the Lord that says to the congregation as a whole, I'm going to bring forth some new things in your midst, some new promises, some things that, that have been, you know, kind of cooking for a while and they're finally, gonna, they're finally going to come forth. I tell you what else is interesting about birth is as you read the Bible that whenever there's birth and God's wanting to do something new, you'll also see oftentimes there's an attack on the children. 
You'll remember when Moses was born and when Jesus was born. During that era, there was great attack that came upon the children. And that was the enemy and, and signifying that he wanted to snuff out the potential deliverers. And, and, and I just want to say to you, in, in our nation, and I'm not riding this horse, but I, I'm telling you, we, we save spotted owls, we save turtles on Edisto Island, we save the whales, we save trees. I mean, you can't cut an oak tree down in Charleston without getting fined fifty to $100,000. But we just kind of walk on when we see children getting snuffed out of the womb. And I'm telling you, we've, we've got to rethink and reevaluate some of these things. I'm telling you, the enemy wants to snuff out future apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers and deliverers and influencers and world changers. And we've got to resist the cultural pull that says it's not that big a deal. We need to keep our eyes focused on God and realize that, that he has a plan and we need to be in the middle of it. So... So this morning, because of the baby boom and the, all the positive things, I think it's great. I just love, Tracy and I love it when y'all have kids. I just want you to know that just, you just have kids. We love it. Because we get to hold them and smile and hand them back to you. Amen. But I want to talk a little bit about the concept of pregnancy and promise. Pregnancy and promise. In Isaiah 37, verse 3, I'm going to read one verse. It says this. And they said to him, thus says Hezekiah, this day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy. For the children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. And it's that last two phrases. The children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. Now all through the scripture you'll find analogies that will illustrate or attach themselves to promise and how birth or pregnancy is related to how God brings about promise in your life or in the life of his people. In the book of Galatians, I'm not going to read these passages. I think I have them overhead that you can write down and take note of them. But in Galatians chapter 3, as well as chapter 4, uh, Romans chapter 4, we find... Paul using illustrations concerning Abraham. And Abraham's promise was manifested in a birth. And so you can easily see, and these are just a few of the illustrations in the Bible I can pull out, to just underscore to you that, that God uses the concept of pregnancy and birth in order to illustrate to us how he wants to bring to pass promise in your life. Here's the good news. The Bible tells us that Jesus and the birth of Jesus, he became the first fruit of many promises. And in him, the Bible says, all the promises of God are yes and amen, or so be it. And, and so we need to understand how God works in our life to bring about his good will and his good plans and what he has uh, in store for us. So, so you and I need to understand his ways and explore a little deeper the concept of pregnancy and birth, which means, ladies, you're way ahead of the guys in this particular area. Because you, most of you have first-hand experiences with regards to all the things that happen related to birth. Now, the passage I read to you here in Scripture in the book of Isaiah, just let me give you a little background. The king of Assyria, 
is preparing really to attack the children of Israel. And so this king of Assyria sends his chief of staff to visit with Hezekiah, who is the king over Israel. But the Assyrian king sends his chief of staff to visit a little bit with Hezekiah, and he wants to broker a deal. And in this deal, he wants to somehow negotiate out some sort of plan that the Israelites will just give up, will just let go, will just go ahead and surrender and succumb to the Assyrians who are coming in to take over the land, and they want them to do this without a fight. Now, I'll be honest with you, if you can get what you want without a fight, that's always the better way to do it. And the Assyrian king knows this. And so he begins to broker this deal through his chief of staff, and as Hezekiah listens to the terms and listens to what's being asked of him, it breaks his heart. The reason it breaks Hezekiah's heart, and remember that if you study the kings of Israel, most of them were just rotten. I mean, after Solomon passes the scene and the kingdom divides, I mean, most of the kings on both sides, whether it's the northern or the southern kingdom, most of them are just rascals. They're just terrible, terrible kings. Every now and then you'd get a reformer king thrown in there, but they were few and far between. Hezekiah was the exception to the rule. He was one of those kings that really tried to restore true worship in the nation of Israel. But he hears this deal that's being offered to him. His heart is breaking that, that this could even be considered. And he begins to analyze as the leader, as the king, he analyzes the problem that his nation is facing by stating these words. He says, we're on the brink of birth. In other words, despite the fact that the enemy surrounded us, despite the fact that a war may be imminent, despite the fact that all of this is going on that we could get detoured by and discouraged by, he says, we're still as a nation on the brink of a birth. We're on the brink of releasing a promise. We've got something stirring inside of us that needs to come forth. But this is what he says. He says, there is no strength to go through with it. There's no strength in order to bring this thing to pass. We have a promise But we don't have the wherewithal. We don't have the understanding. We aren't ready to see this thing through. And that's where a lot of American believers, and I think the American church is at. I can talk about the promise of God to you. I can go to congregations all across our nation, and I can preach on the promises of God, and we'll stand, shout, yell, jump, scream, say, yes, God has a promise. Yes, He wants to bring the blessing to pass. Yes, he wants to do all of these things. We know that the promise exists. But what we don't get is how he brings that forth. And truth of the matter is, I I believe that despite all the other signs, and believe me, there are signs that we're going into some difficult days, that despite all of the signs and the enemy gathering around us, I'm not sure as a whole, I'm not saying everybody's there, but I'm saying as a whole, I'm not sure we're strong enough to push it on through and see the promises of God come to pass. Truth is, everyone in this room, you may not realize it or not, everybody in this room, if you've opened up your heart to Jesus Christ and you've said yes to Him, everybody in this room is pregnant with a promise. Yes, guys, you are too. I used to go, hey, don't you say I'm pregnant, I'm a man. I mean, don't, I mean... 
Let me tell you, the church is called the bride of Christ. That includes the guys too. And as the bride of Christ, we need to remember that the bridegroom inseminates us with promise. And that promise needs to be birthed even in the midst of difficult, challenging circumstances. So I want to talk a little bit about pregnancy. And I know the last thing that you ladies need to hear is a man lecturing you on pregnancy. Uh, that doesn't seem quite right, does it? It's just like, what, don't even talk to me. You, you will never be in that club. Okay, and I, personally, I'm glad. So, so anyway, but there are a couple of things that I just thought about that you might not have considered, even though many of you are, 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 are know firsthand what pregnancy is all about. Let me give you an example. First century pregnancy and 21st century pregnancy are not the same thing. Now, I understand that that for a woman, pregnancy in any age or time period can be a risky thing. I, I, don't, I, think, I think we've sort of taken birthing for granted because of all of our modern technology and medicines and all the things that are available to us in order to make it a, a far more um, almost casual or natural thing. But I think everybody will agree with me that the issues of the first century and giving birth and the issues of the 21st century and giving birth are probably polar opposites apart. Today we hear that we're pregnant and we have all sorts of things to monitor the pregnancy. We have, we have uh, pills, prenatal vitamins that can be taken. There are all sorts of things, sonograms, all sorts of things to, to make sure things are moving like they're supposed to be moving. And to a great degree, and, and again, it's not to diminish that there are risks still involved in it to this very day, but by and large, our sort of cultural attitude is that it's almost automatic. In fact, whenever there's a problem in birth, I've watched people and, and, it, and it takes them aback because we've sort of reached the place where we anticipate and expect everything just to be smooth and perfect. Now... That's great in the 21st century, and I, I'm personally glad that all those things are available to us. But if you think about the first century, you can begin to imagine very easily without all of the modern amenities we have with regards to medicine, you can begin to imagine that there would have been far more complications. Can you imagine how many women, as well as babies, must have died in just giving birth? The problems that now we just sort of easily navigate through in those days would have been life-threatening. In the first century, many, many women lost their lives giving birth routinely. It was by no means in the first century automatic. I tell you this because all of us, when we begin to think and meditate and study about how God brings promise to pass in our life and how He uses the concept of pregnancy in order to illustrate how that promise comes to pass, we all need to be reminded that as he used it as this illustration, there were no birthing rooms, there were no sonograms, there were no emergency C-sections, there were no epidurals, there were no drugs, there were no jaundice lights, there was no pediatric ward. When God spoke, to these people in scripture about how bringing to pass a promise was like giving birth, you've got to think what they would have thought about at that particular time. 
We've got to break out of what we think about with regards to birth and begin to understand what God would have been speaking to them as he uses this illustration. And I think we're missing our promises because we think a promise is birthed like a 21st century experience. Praise God for all of the knowledge and technology. But you know what? I I don't get to come into the church and say, give me drugs, give me an epidural. Somebody, somebody uh, make me comfortable. Where's my fan? Give me a nice pillow. I'm about ready to give birth to my promise and everything's going to be smooth and perfect and there's not going to be any type of, of challenge or any risk or anything that would really cause me to be anything but thoroughly comfortable in this spiritual birthing experience of my promise. Wake up time. Wake up time. You've got to break out of that 21st century thought pattern. You're not going to get the promise of God in a soothing birthing room. You're not going to get the promise of God by somebody putting something in a syringe and knocking you out for whatever time period so it can come to pass and it was just without any sort of sweat or concern. You need to understand that birthing a promise from God is at times tough, it is at times risky, and you need to understand that you need to have God in the midst of that in order to see you through. And truth is, few people birth their promise because they do not understand, nor have they developed the strength to give birth to that promise. Do you know right now, I was thinking about this the other day, there are women in third world countries and they're, they're working away in the field. I mean, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden, they start feeling labor, go to their hut, have their baby, and then go out and keep working in the field. I mean, I mean it's just about like that. Is that not remarkable? I, I mean, the strength that some women have to be able to do that. And I started thinking about that with regards to the promise of God. And that's what Isaiah was saying. He was saying to, to the people of God, to, to the church today, you all have this, this promise just ready to come forth, but do you have the strength to birth that thing? You know, back when my mom had me and my sister, and I, and I know there are probably however many ladies there are here today, I'm sure there's all kinds of stories we could tell. But I remember her telling the story about when she went in to give birth. I mean, back in those days, they just knocked you out for a week. I mean, you were just, you know, you just came in, they knocked you out, and you had a baby, and you didn't know what happened until they put it in your lap. I know things have changed through the years, and and some ladies have elected to do this naturally. Others have various levels of of medication that take place in order to, to have a smoother birthing experience. But I started thinking about that. I thought, you know, a lot of believers want that from God. They want to come in and and just kind of go into this coma for a week. Just put me in a coma and then bring my promise to pass. Just knock me out. Just let me be like Rip Van Winkle. Just let me go to sleep and 40 years later I can wake up and everything will have changed. Believe me, if I could do that, I'd have done that to myself on numerous occasions. It just doesn't work like that though. You can't just put yourself out or medicate yourself in order to bring forth your promise you need to understand in first century terms what some of the process is in delivering a promise now here's the good news just as god brought forth his children in that day in the natural he'll bring forth his promise today yes he will if we'll develop the strength and the understanding and the wherewithal 
with which to birth that thing in our lives and in our midst. So I'm going to talk a little bit about pregnancy, and all you ladies can laugh as a man tries to describe pregnancy. But I want to go through the steps of the birthing process. And, and I'm sure there's more steps than this, but we couldn't stay here, you know, two days. So I'm going to go through the steps that, that I think are important, and you begin to relate them to how God wants to bring a promise to pass in your life. Number one, let's just start at the beginning, desire. Desire. Many women have an innate desire. In fact, I believe God's wired ladies this way. Most ladies have an innate desire to give birth. There's something in them that wants the experience and wants to have that uh, experience of giving birth and having a child, a life grow inside of them. I don't know if it's a gene or if God spiritually has wired it, but I just found that to be true. Most women have that desire. And so spiritually, we start at this point by asking ourselves the question, do you have a desire for the promise, the plan, and the inheritance of God? That's where it starts. If you don't have a desire for God's promise, then you've got to check your wiring out. Because I believe as the bride of Christ, we are to desire his will. We are to desire his ways. We are to desire his plan. It's not just, well, I guess I'm, well, I'm a Christian. I guess I've got to do the will of God. Well, you know, no. There should be something in there that says, I want the will of God. I desire the will of God. God's good. If I do my thing, I'm in a mess. But if I do his thing, it's a good thing. And so you got, it starts with desire. That's number one. Number two is conception. Now, I'll be honest with you, conception is the fun part. I mean, not to be indelicate, but we'll just be honest. Conception's fun. Amen. Should be fun for married couples, by the way. I just want to put that in there, too. That's very important in our day and age. Only married couples, that's right. But conception, that's exciting. And spiritually, to conceive a promise is an exciting thing. To have God, by his word, inseminate, impregnate you in your inner man with his promise is an exciting thing. It's like what happened with Mary in a very both natural as well as spiritual way. When the angel came and declared the word of the Lord to her and she received it by saying, let it be done unto me according to your word. And God has put a seed of himself into your inner man in order to give you promise, in order to give you hope, in order to conceive by faith that which he wants to bring forth from your life. And so conception is a very important aspect of the birthing process. Then there's number three, and again, this is just a guy looking at it, is confirmation. Confirmation. This is the EPT test. This is finding out whether the thing turns blue or pink or plus or minus or whatever the thing does these days. Finding out whether or not there's a confirmation to this promise. You eventually go to a doctor, he gives you a test as well, and they begin to find out whether or not there is confirmation. Yes, we have confirmation. There is a baby in your womb. And the Lord will find ways to confirm in you that you have conceived a promise. People begin to see the promise in you. The call, the, the, the plan, the purpose begins to be made manifest. There's a change in countenance. There's all sorts of ways that that confirmation takes place. Yes, yes, you are pregnant. Yes, you are pregnant with the promise. Confirmation. Number four, reaction. 
excitement or discouragement. Ever watch a group of women hear that one of their own is pregnant? I mean, I'm always amazed. It's, it's, it's like they just won a Super Bowl. I mean, there's this excitement that just starts happening. There's this cheering um, because they're excited for one another. All the guys are going, you know, you know but, the, but the ladies, they're just, they're excited. Sometimes there's discouragement. Not everybody is always thrilled when they find out there's been confirmation that you're promised. I mean, I can, I can tell you, and it's happened to other people, when we had shared through some of our moments when we found out that Trace was pregnant, not everybody in the family was all that happy. They'd say all sorts of dumb things. I remember one said, don't expect me to babysit the first words out of their mouth when we said, we're pregnant. Well, don't expect me to babysit. <laughs> well, thank you. We appreciate that encouragement. There you go. I mean, not everybody is thrilled. And you need to understand that when you walk into friends, workplaces, co-workers, school, when you walk even into family and you say, guess what? I am promised by God he put a seed in my heart. He's got a plan for my life. I'm going for it. Don't you be surprised if you don't find some people who are the head of the bucket brigade for you. Don't expect me to support it. I've heard this for years. I've seen for years, I've seen young people, Clay will know this to be true, I've seen young people who will say, I'm called of God, God's leading me this direction. I believe He's calling me this direction. And I have watched parents douse kids' spiritual dreams. Shame on you. I'll just say it. Who... Who as a parent wouldn't want their kids to pursue God? Who as a parent wouldn't want their children to, to embrace the will of God for their life? Oh, that's going to cost a lot of money. Well, it's just money. Go make some more of it. That's my view. Just make some more of it. So we need to understand that everybody's going to be happy that you've got a promise stirring around inside of you. Some will cheer and others will despise. Number five. I don't know how you'd call this. I call it hormone adjustment. Because you have somebody there growing inside of you, ladies, all of a sudden your hormones adjust. Sometimes that includes morning sickness. Your whole body and the way it feels begins to change on the inside. Well, why is that? Because you are carrying a promise inside of you. That promise is changing you. That promise is changing who you are, and here's the key, you begin to crave different things. You must change your diet. You no longer can live just for yourself, but you begin to live and design your life for this little promise that's inside of you. You've got to eat in order that that thing might be tended to. You've got to think about what it is you're going to do so you won't hurt that thing inside of you. You have to, your whole life gets rearranged because of that little thing that's going on inside of you. Listen to me, if you've got a promise and a plan and a purpose from God that's sitting inside of you, germinating, you've got to realize that there's going to be some hormone adjustment. There are going to be times that promise makes you sick. There are going to be times that promise makes you joyful. There are going to be times that you're going to have to consider what you eat and what you drink and where you go and who you hang out with and what goes in and what comes out because that's a promise from God that you're tending to. Are you hearing me? Now, guys, we don't get that. Ladies get that a little bit easier, but we don't get it. 
We just think it just happens. But it doesn't just happen. There is a tending in this time period. Number six, there's a change of shape. You get stretched. Amen, ladies? Man, you not only change on the inside, but you're changing on the outside. A pregnancy begins to stretch you. It stretches you out of your original size, too. It stretches you out of that. And this is the part, and you might as well just chuckle and laugh and receive it. You may never be that size again. You get stretched to the place, listen, think about this, that once you have a promise inside of you and you birth that, you will never go back to the way you were. Isn't that amazing? You need to understand that in spiritual things. As the promise of God stretches you, it begins to redefine how you look. It begins to redefine your disposition. It'll begin to stretch you. And truth of the matter is, as the promise of God is working its way in your inner man and in your spirit, and as you're birthing it and as it's coming forth, here's, and you might as well receive it as good news, you will never be the same person you were before you got that promise. No, you won't. You're going to be a new person. You're going to be a person that can tend to it and go with it, and it's just not the same. Number seven. You're just uncomfortable in any position. Oh, I can remember when, when Trace was pregnant and it went different ways with different children, but I can remember there were times she was, she was just hot. She was like this radiator, you know, just, and, and, and so the house would be freezing and there'd be no covers on the bed. And I mean, it just, because she was just like this radiator because of the pregnancy and the promise inside of her. She'd have a pillow between her legs. She'd have a pillow behind her. She'd have two pillows here. And she'd have to make sure she'd work her way around to get herself situated just right. Because it was just uncomfortable. After a while, this, this, this pregnancy causes you to have to change the way you normally sat and slept. And, and when you're birthing a promise, you're not going to be comfortable like you once were. There's going to be designed uncomfortability that God does in your life. Just because something's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's the devil. Sometimes God makes us uncomfortable in order to get us ready to be who we're going to be when that promise comes. Number eight, labor pains. I call this transition. We've probably told this story before. I'll never forget having Clayton and going through all the pregnancy that uh, we were told we needed to go to Lamaze class. For those of you that don't know, Lama's class was a way to have children or a way to give birth to children by using, I think, blowing technique or breathing technique to get through labor. Well, you see, the problem was I'm going to class and I don't even know why I'm going. I mean, I mean both, both the man and the woman were supposed to go to class and the whole time I'm going to class, first off, I'm just being typical man saying, why am I here? <laughs> I mean, I'm not giving birth. I mean, why am I here? But, you know, be supportive. So, you know, I'm so, so I go to class, Lamaze class, really not knowing why I'm going to Lamaze class. I really hate to admit it because it was just like, I was just like in another zone or universe for just a short time. So I go to this Lamaze class and they start teaching this Lamaze class. And they, and as I recall, I could be wrong, but it seems like they just started with some, some teaching that this had this general expectation that everyone knew a little bit of what happens during birthing and, and and you know well i've never been you know this is my first child i've never been in a labor room i don't know what goes on there have mercy i don't know so they have us in this room they kind of darken the lights and they have the the ladies 
this is, yeah, about the sixth week of Lamaze class. And, 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 and the whole time, now, we, and it, even through the whole time, they're having us, all of us, having us all do these breathing exercises. So the guys are doing the breathing exercises, you know, deep breath, cl- cleansing breath, you know, and all that. In through the nose, out through the mouth. And, and the whole time I'm going, why am I doing this? What does this have to do with driving her to the hospital? I don't know. What is this? I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. I, I really, I hate to admit this, but it was really true. I was just, I, imagine, imagine somebody ditzy. That was me in this Lamaze class. As hard as that made me imagine, I'm just out to lunch. So we're at about the sixth Lamaze class and we're doing that cleanse. And I'm sitting there going, you know, it's peer pressure, you know, and all that. And suddenly they said something or other, and right in the middle of class, as we're going through these breathing exercises, I go, I get it! Like you do this when they're laboring. And it's like everybody in the class looks at me and goes, like, like where have you been? I said, well, I guess I hadn't been here, even though I've been here for six weeks. i got to tell you the story. Then we... Then we get to the actual birth experience, you know. You got to understand, man, we, we had the bag packed and everything, and I, we had our focal point, and we, we had the, you know, the boom box and the tapes and all the relaxing stuff and the massage thing. Of course, we were too cheap to go buy one of those electric massagers, so, you know, you put three tennis balls in a socks, you know, and just, you know, you're going to do it the old man as if, that, as if I use that. I mean, uh, so anyway... <laughs> So anyway, it's finally time to give birth. And I mean, we're in the throes of it because they didn't get the epidural in, in time. And so, so she was going to have it all natural the first time. All right. Well, whatever it was, we didn't, we didn't get any drugs. I, although I did get my Wendy sandwich, but we didn't get any drugs. But nonetheless, so Tracy's in there. She's birthing and she's going through labor and transition and all these things. And what's so funny is this. I'm going... Honey, you remember what they taught us now? Deep cleansing breath. And, you know, and she, because she wasn't blowing the way we were taught in Lamaze class. She was kind of doing her own thing there with the blowing. I mean, she was, you see, we were taught to blow on a certain cadence, but Tracy wasn't blowing on that cadence. She was, she was doing her own blowing. And, and you got to understand, I, it took me six weeks to figure this out. So I'm going to blow the way they taught me to blow. And so I'm going, honey, we're not blowing like they taught us to blow. blow. And you got to understand, and ladies will understand this in the midst of a pregnancy. She looked at me and she just said, you just go blow yourself. You just... I guarantee you, she'd have whooped me at that point, man. That's transition. When you're bringing forth a promise, you've got to understand there's going to be labor pains. The Bible talks about labor pains. There's going to be labor pains as you transition. Ladies, you know what's going on. The reason you're having that pain is because your body, your bone structure is literally shifting. And that's why that pain's occurring. And you've got to understand spiritually that, that all of our being begins to shift and change in labor pain. And that's not fun. And we're trying to find a way to find comfortable in that. And I understand in the 21st century, we come in and say, epidural, knock me out. 
But in the first century, you can't call a timeout. You can't say, I don't want to do this anymore. I changed my mind. And that's a part of what goes on as believers in our life. You, you can't say, I want the promise of God. I want all these things. And then he's ready to bring it forth. And you call timeout. I didn't know it was going to be that painful. I, I didn't know it was going to cause that much shifting. I didn't know things were going to make me that uncomfortable and rearrange me and stretch me and I'm never going to be the same again. I didn't know all those things, so I don't know. No, all those things take place in order to see your promise come to pass. Number nine, the push. The push. You have a part in delivery. You have a part in the delivery. Spiritually speaking, you can't come into church and say, give me my, give me my Holy Ghost C-section. I'm ready. I'm ready for my promise to come forth, but I don't want to do anything. Just cut me open and take it out and let me have it. I wish. It just doesn't work that way. You're going to have to cooperate, and you're going to have to, as you labor, begin to push. And you're, you're going to have to begin to understand that as you're birthing things, as you're birthing your promise spiritually, that, 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 that it's almost like you push some... And, and, and then you've got to take a breather. And then you're going to push some and take a breather. And that's kind of how it works. And then finally, number 10, the delivery. We call it the manifestation of the promise. You know, one of the most amazing things, and I, I just am amazed as I've watched the birth of my children, that even through all of the trauma and the pain and, and the features of, of giving birth to a child, it has always amazed me that as soon as that promise came forth, and as soon as it was cleaned and tended to and placed on Tracy's lap, immediately tears would come to her eyes and she'd be full of joy and say, look at it. Can you believe it? And just that fast, I'm not saying she'd have a baby the next day, but I am saying just about that fast, all the issues of pregnancy seem to evaporate as that little promise is sitting there before your very eyes. Now, truth of the matter is, we could go on preaching here because that promise still needs attention, doesn't it? The attention doesn't stop. But truth of the matter is, that's, that's really God's way of bringing to pass His will and His plan and His promises in your life. And I'm going to share four things super fast. Write them down. I'm not going to elaborate. But you know, there are all sorts of things that can happen that can cut that process short number one is abortion people spiritually abort things they begin to say you know what i don't want the stigma i don't want the inconvenience i don't want the responsibility of having to do the will of god or tend to the promise of god so i'm just going to spiritually abort this thing because i don't want it in my life secondly there are those that miscarriage we found out because we went through a miscarriage and the doctors told us that a million things have to come together in a, inside of a woman in order to have a successful pregnancy. And it's really, he said to us, a miracle that babies are born because if you knew how many millions of things had to come together just perfectly for pregnancy to occur, it would boggle the mind. And that statistically, you would think that there'd be far more miscarriages. But there are times that things don't come together quite right in our lives. And things of our own doing, things sometimes beyond our doing. But truth is, there are times that, that the promise is miscarried. There's premature birth. Sometimes promises come too soon and, and they need ICU care. Things come not according to time. 
And we have to deal with that. And then other promises, we just never allow the birthing to take place. And I don't know, there may be an appropriate medical term. I just call it stillborn, that if we wait too long and we don't seize that promise, we find out that that promise can no longer live. Now, I share these things with you because you just need insight as to how God's working in your life. And if you'll keep this analogy in front of you, it will really be helpful from time to time in understanding how God's working in you and ultimately wants to bring his promise out of you. And I just want to remind you again, he is not bound to our 21st century mentalities. We mess up most deliveries because we just don't understand how God's working in our life. But here's the good news, and this is what I'll leave you with, and I'm done. The more promises you deliver, listen to me, because this is really interesting, because because Clay came, and and there was a lot of hours of labor, and there was a lot of hours of, of Tracy just laboring and working and pushing. But you know, when Tyler came along, who was the second promise in our household, she, she was just, I forgot how it happened. You were laughing or something. And it was Kaylin, or you, you just got to the place with Kaylin that, that you felt good and you were laughing and you nearly laughed Kaylin out. And I thought to myself as I was just thinking about these experiences that once you get, once you get one under your belt, the rest of them seem to come just a little bit easier. Once you understand what God's doing in your body, in your life, inside of you, and you get one birth, and you're looking at a promise in front of you, it's amazing how God can begin to put more promises in your life. And I honestly believe spiritually that's why he says the blessing will not only come upon you, but it will overtake you. Because once you birth one, you can begin to say, you know what, I do have what it takes in order to see God do these things in my life. So I encourage you, if you've never seen God do a big promise, then you just keep tending to it, believing for it, and you just hang tough. And he'll bring you through it. Just like he brought through all of these wonderful women that we would read about in the scripture in the first century, or even before that. God's got a promise for you. Some of you are maybe one month along. Some of you are like nine months along. But no matter where you are, he wants to bring it to pass. Amen? We let him help you do that? I want, I want to see that happen in your life. I trust you want to see it too. Stand up, will you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Clayton, can I get you to come up? And, and, and I want to pull up musicians. I need at least a bass player, Dwight, maybe Tom, if you're here in the sanctuary, maybe you'd sit on the drums too, and I just want to play some music here at the end. It'd be great if Alex, or even if Zach's here, he can come too. Thank you, Lord. Let's just close our eyes for just a moment. Today you came to the house of God, and you didn't realize it, but you're coming for your checkup. You're coming in order to be encouraged for your promise to be tended to for you to hear the words of one who's looking at your life saying you know what you're you're progressing things are going like they're supposed to be going hang tough it will come it will come hallelujah clay just a minute get the key to how great is our god get that key and this is what i want you to do right now i want you just right where you're standing I just want you to begin to open up your heart. 
And let God, through His Spirit, begin to minister to you in this place this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me, let me just ask this question. This is a little bit different. I'm just trying to do the will of God here. But how many of you right now would say, you know what, I've been resisting conceiving the promise of God in my life. I've been running from God. I've not won His plan. I know that if I were to give my heart to the Lord, He'd ask some things of me, and I'm not sure I want it or I'm ready for it. I, I want you to know right now, listen to me, listen to me. Whatever you've got designed for your life will not be nearly as good as what God has designed for your life. It always pays to jump into the middle of the will of God, whatever it may be. If God were to call you to go to an Africa or a third world country, for whatever reason, I guarantee you, if you would be more content, happy, satisfied doing the will of God than staying in a mansion out on Kiel You may not think that, but I will assure you that is the case. And if you're here and you're saying, you know what, I need to conceive. I, I, I need to just say yes to the Lord. I need to be like Mary and say, let it be unto me, Lord. And I'm, I'm telling you, you need to open up your heart and let the promise giver in. If that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now. One, two, three, four, five. Anyone else, you can put them down. Five of you right now. This is what I want you five to do. Just right now, just, just begin to say yes to the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, let it be done unto me. I receive. Lord, I repent. I repent from my hard-heartedness. I repent from sinfulness, from mistakes. I repent and I open up. say, Lord, I turn and I walk and I confess you. I receive you. I was wrong and you are right. And I embrace you. Amen. Some of you right now, you're in the place of, of being tended to. You're right in the middle of God doing something really good. And I'm telling you, the enemy has tried to do all sorts of things to get that promise and destroy and you need to right now rise up and break the instigations of the enemy and say I'm carrying this promise to full term I'm going to carry it and bring it forth hey yes I am and I'm going to birth it and all the world shall see this is the promise of God some of you have been waiting for a relationship some of you have been waiting for a career some of you have been waiting for us some of you have been waiting for resource. Some of you have been waiting for all sorts of things. Come on now. Don't let the enemy steal that from you. You say, I'm carrying it all the way. All the way. Come on. Enjoy it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Work in your people now that encouragement. 
work into your people right now the wherewithal and the strength to see it through to not give up to birth that thing oh God oh God give us eyes to see give us ears to hear give us Lord by your Holy Spirit that that spiritual sonogram so we can see the heart beating in our promise so we can see the fingers and the toes and the arms and the legs oh God help us to see that that which you promised will come to pass in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we will not settle for anything less than the promise of God yes worship Him. Begin to thank Him. Let Him strengthen you right now. Let Him strengthen you right now. Splendor. Splendor. This is what we're going to do. We're going to pray right now that God will strengthen, strengthen you and strengthen me and strengthen us because we are on the brink. I'm telling you, the nursery is exploding because God's saying, get ready for your promises to be born. And if you're, you're needing strength right now, come on, I'm going to pray. Before we end, I just want the church to gather in here. And I'm just going to pray and ask God to give us the strength. To give us the strength. To see that through which He's put inside of us. Come on now, we're going to pray for strength right now. Yes, strength. Strength, strength. Send us strength. Father, right now, I just speak speak strength. Strength into these, these bodies that are here. Strength into these spirits that are here right now. Lord, let strength come to us. That you would not just inseminate us, but that you would bring us full term. And that we might see the promise of God burst in our lives. Let it be so strength. Strengthen the inner man. Strengthen by might and empower in the inner man. I say strength. 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 Come on. Strength. I speak strength. 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 Come on. Strength. Come on, straight. I am strong. God's going to produce this thing in me. Let it be so, Lord. Receive strength from God. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let it be so right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. How great. Here we go. How great. Hallelujah. Come on now, give the Lord a big hand clap right now. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. The strength, Lord, that you put in your people right now. 
Lord, I thank you. I thank you that each one will come to full term. That each one will bring forth their promise. Some even like Abraham and Sarah, being late in years, thinking their own body to be dead, yet they call those things that be not as though they were. Lord, it doesn't matter. The time on the calendar, the clock on the wall, what matters is that in the fullness of time, you bring forth your promises. Let it be so in these people, Lord. Let them see with their very own eyes the promise of God, the manifestation of your goodness. Come on now. Some of you need to say right now, you know, I've, I've, I've thrown in the towel way too many times, way too easily. Come on now, get strong. Seek the strength of the Lord in your inner man. Refuse to go back. Take it to full turn. Come on, do it. You can do it. You can do it. I've seen a couple promises come to pass in my life, and I'm telling you, you can make it. You don't feel like you can, but you can make it. You will make it. You will make it. Everyone say, I will make it. I'll not just survive. I will thrive. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you right now that, that at the altars of this church, there is more promise per square inch than in mega cities, than in counties and states, that right now, Lord, there is more promise per square inch right here amongst us than maybe anywhere else at this moment in the world. Lord, give us that vision. Give us that sense of, of reality that you are great and that you are mighty. And Lord, I pray right now that you would, you would, you would seal that work that work in the womb of the inner man Lord that we might that we might be strong that we might tend to it well Lord that we might anticipate all that you'll do in order to prepare us and that Lord that great day will come when the promise of God comes forth and all the sweat and all the suffering and all the labor pain and all the uncomfortability and all the other stuff that takes place will suddenly evaporate and all we'll have is joy all we'll have is joy as we hold the promise of God Lord I thank you Lord I pray especially for the guys I think I think the ladies Lord get it sometimes just because of the features of their wiring but I pray especially for the guys help us Lord to get a hold of some of these truths that we might bring to fruition that which you're doing in our households and in our families, in our careers, our jobs, our responsibilities, our spiritual leadership. Lord, help us as guys to get a hold of that. I especially pray, Lord, because I think you're wanting to do a great work in the men. So, Lord, I thank you for that. I, I know you're, you're doing great things in the ladies too, Lord, but I, I, I just ask particularly for the guys. Because sometimes we don't always understand that as well. So Lord, I thank you. You're giving us that understanding. You're giving us that understanding. Now Lord, I'm going to dismiss your people. They're your folks. And they're going to go back home. And they'll go tomorrow to their workplaces and their responsibilities. But Lord, I pray now they'll go pregnant. Full of God, full of promise. 
Lord, I pray every now and then you'd give them somebody across their path that would pat them on their spiritual belly <laughs> and say, I see you got a promise. <laughs> May it be so. May it be so. May they be encouraged this day in you that will give them strength all through this week. I thank you, Lord, for each one. We rejoice in you, for you are great and you are mighty. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Turn around to somebody and say, you look good pregnant. Or you look good promised. How about that?